Hey, would you get out your Bibles if you have them with you, whether it's on a device or you have a paper Bible with you? We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 today. So Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. It's the first of the four Gospels, the four accounts of Jesus' life and ministry. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. And if you've been tracking with us this summer, we have been in a series called Think Like Jesus. Think like Jesus. And, and here's, here's the thing. I, I want to think right. And there's a whole lot of crazy thinking out there, right? How many of you have bumped into somebody this week and you've just went like, what, you, what possessed you to think that? Right? Like if you, any of you been around any teenagers? Like, no, 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 we love our teenagers. I'm just joking. Like, we, we've got awesome teenagers, godly teenagers in this room. But, but sometimes you just bump into people and you're like, what are you thinking, right? Or what were you thinking, right? We, as followers of Jesus, listen, we're to take our cues from Jesus. We want to think like Jesus. We don't want to think like everybody else. Everybody else's thinking is broken. The world's thinking is broken. We want to think like Jesus. And so we've been working our way through the longest recorded sermon of Jesus that is in scripture. This is called the Sermon on the Mount. It starts in Matthew chapter 5 verse 1, and we've been working our way through that. Today we're in Matthew chapter 6. And before we read verse 1, I just want to I want to first of all kind of start by saying this that usually when we think of somebody who is holy or righteous, I mean just think of that like that title, like think of that person who is in your, in your life that you know of who is holy or righteous, we, we usually think of somebody who does not do bad things, right? I mean, that's like obvious, right? I mean, someone who's holy or righteous, they don't do bad things. And so, so, but the question would be, would you think of yourself as holy or righteous? And I think a lot of times we go, well, you know, I'm not that bad of a person, I mean, yeah, I make mistakes, but everybody makes mistakes, and at least compared to, you know, the knucklehead sitting next to me, like, like I, I'm pretty good, like, I'm better than they are at doing good things, right? I do more good things than they do, and so, so because we compare ourselves and we do all this, like, like we, we measure our holiness and our righteousness by actions, by doing or not doing, like, the bad things, right? At least I haven't, and we fill in the blank with whatever it would be. And, and we think that this is what godliness is all about. Just stay away from whatever it would be. But Jesus, Jesus is concerned about doing good things and not doing bad things. Yeah, he, he's concerned about that. But more than anything, Jesus is concerned with our heart. And this is so important for us to get because I think so many times in American Christianity, we've reduced Christianity to behavior modification. And Jesus, yes, he, he wants your behavior to match his thinking and his thoughts, but, but really Jesus cares what is inside of your heart. That even though I, hi, my name is Ken, and I've never murdered somebody. That it is true from the sermons that we've been, that we've been going through over, over the summer, it is true that though I've never murdered somebody, I have at times murdered people with my thinking or with my words, right? And Jesus would say, that's just as bad. When I ruin somebody's reputation through gossip or through slander, that's just as bad, right? That's what Jesus says. We, even though I've only ever had sex with my wife, Carrie, I, Jesus says that's not enough. Like, have you had thoughts where you've objectified a woman, like, in your heart? Like, like it's, 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 not just, it's not just the outside action of doing something or not doing something. Jesus says, Let, let's dig into what's going on inside of your heart. 
Now, this is important not just for the things that we're supposed to stay away from, the bad things, murder, adultery, those things we're supposed to stay away from. Jesus now in Matthew chapter 6 is going to pivot, and he's going to say motivation also matters when it comes to the good things that you do. So it's not just about the motivation behind the bad things that you're supposed to stay away from, but even the good things that, that we should do that are right and beneficial for us to do. Jesus says, hey, why are you doing that? And your motivation matters. In fact, if we could reduce today's sermon to two words, it would be the words, motivation matters. Would you say that with me? Motivation matters. Motivation matters. Are you doing good things because you want approval and attaboys from other people? Or are you doing good things out of just being simply blown away by the love that your Heavenly Father has for you? That even when you were his enemy, according to Romans chapter 5, that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. Even when you were sin-stained and sin-covered, that Jesus came to this earth, Jesus, the priceless uh, 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 lamb of God, that, that he came to this world and he was slaughtered for the punishment of our sins. Are you motivated by God's approval or people's approval? Which, which is more important to you? Which motivates you? So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, Jesus starts out with these words. By the way, stay, stay in this passage. I'm going to kind of stop after verse 1, but we're, we're then going to keep going. So, so make sure you don't just close it up when we get done with, with, with verse 1. But he says in verse 1, watch out. Or in, maybe in your translation it says, beware. Or in some translations it uses, pay attention, right? Like, watch out, beware, pay attention. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. So Jesus is giving us, as followers of his, as disciples of his, a warning about the good th deeds that we do. He says, don't, watch out, pay attention, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. Now, this can be confusing because earlier in the same sermon that Jesus is giving, and we looked at this like two months ago, but it would have been earlier in the same sermon. In chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus said these words, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And yet here he is now at a different portion of the same sermon saying, Do not do your acts of righteousness before men. So which is it? Are we supposed to do our good deeds so that other people can see it and that we're a light to them? Or are we... Not supposed to do good deeds that other people can see. I mean, do good deeds, but do it in a way that people don't see them. You, you see the conflict that's going on here? Like, which, which one is it? Let them see your good deeds or don't let them see? See, Jesus is talking about two different issues. There have been times in my life where because of fear, I didn't obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit to let my light shine. And in those moments, I should have spoken up. I should have acted in the way the Holy Spirit was leading me to act so that people would see the light of Christ in me. And yet there have also been times or moments where because of wanting people's approval and wanting people to see what a godly person that I am, I, I, I acted in a way that was almost more of a performance or a show. And Jesus says in those moments, those actions should have been private. You should have kept your mouth shut. I, I'll clarify, because I can see the confusion in the room. Some of you are just looking at me like, I'm not even following what you're saying. A.B. Bruce says it this way, and I love this. He says, we should show when tempted to hide and hide when tempted to show. Uh, let's just look at that again. 
We should show when tempted to hide and hide when tempted to show. So after giving this warning, Jesus goes on to the second, in the second part of verse 1 that we just read to make a huge statement that I think is so powerful and, and there's a temptation to just go right over this. He says, if you do your good deeds as some kind of performance for others, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. That when I do good deeds for the benefit of others, for the approval of others, I actually miss out on something far greater, and that is the fact that my heavenly Father has rewards that he wants to give me if I will do it with the right motivation, because motivation matters. In fact, there's two huge keys here. Two huge keys here. Number one, doing good can bring heavenly reward. Doing good can bring heavenly reward. Would you say that with me? Doing good can bring heavenly reward. A lot of people are going to be blown away when they get to heaven and realize that heaven is not an eternal worship service of singing modern songs for billions and billions of years. And aren't you so grateful for that? I remember being a kid and being in church and hearing some preacher talking about, oh, heaven's going to be one giant worship service for all of eternity. It will never end. And as a kid, I went, I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> like, I get tired after our church sings for 25 minutes. And this is going to go on for eternity? And then my eyes were opened to the fact that the new heavens and the new earth are described as a physical place of eating and dancing and exploring and working and having responsibilities. And the last chapter of Ezekiel even says that there's going to be fishing in the new heavens and the new earth. Can I get an amen? amen? Right? So what is that all about? Well, all of those things will be done, even the fishing, will be done not for my own ego, because there won't be any of that in the new heavens and the new earth. It, it'll be done for the glory of God. I won't be having to compare what I caught to what other people caught. I won't, there won't be any of that. It'll be just pure, like all for the glory of God. My work, my responsibilities, the, the dancing, all of that will be for the glory of God. Jesus is going to give rewards for what his followers do with what they were entrusted when they were here on this earth. In other places in the gospel, Jesus reveals that these rewards will even include responsibilities in the new heavens and the new earth. So how do we earn these rewards? Well, right here in verse 1, Jesus says your motivation is a huge key. It's not just doing good deeds, it's why you do good deeds. Because motivation matters. So if I'm doing my good deeds just for show, just so someone will go, oh man, that Pastor Kenny, so holy, so righteous, I've lost it. I've lost a reward. But if my motivation is I want to please my Father in heaven because he has loved me and he's demonstrated his love to me, I just want to do something that will bring praise to him, then I start accumulating the rewards that he has for me. Now having said that, I need a, it leads to number two because otherwise there's going to be a huge misunderstanding. Number two is doing good is not a ticket to heaven. Doing good is not a ticket to heaven. And this can be confusing. While we will be rewarded for the good things that we do on earth if our motivation is right, the Bible is clear that we do not earn our way to heaven. Heaven is not a reward for doing good things. The Apostle Paul, years after Jesus' death and resurrection, was writing a letter to a church, and he, he writes these words in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, salvation is, what's the word there? 
Okay, I just want to see if anybody's paying attention. So now that, now that you know what we're doing, the words are up here on the screen. Salvation is what? That's still, that not is so important. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. And the reason why is what he says next. So none of us can boast about it because you know we would. If salvation was based on the good things that I do, man, we, we would be walking around and we would be so full of it, right? He goes, so that none of us can boast about it. Verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. You can, this, this word in the Greek is poema. It's the word that we get poem. It's, it's, a, it's a masterpiece. It's workmanship. It's, a, it, it, it's sculpture. It's art. He says, you are not a mistake. You are not an accident. You are not disposable. You are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. I, I, you know, I, I bump into people and, and, you know, even people who have attended Journey for, I, I remember sitting down with a lady who, she'd been attending Journey for five, six years and, I mean, faithfully attending. And in this conversation, I realized either I'm doing a horrible job of preaching or she's doing a horrible job of listening. But every once in a while, we just have to make it really clear because sometimes we don't get this. We're sitting across the table and there was, a, there was a illness going on and so we were talking about heaven. And I just said, hey, and she was just, just seemed to be really hesitant about heaven. I said, well, you know, like, how we get to heaven, right? Like, it, you know, when you die and, and you're standing before, before, before the Lord, like, and he asks you about why you deserve to go to heaven, like, how will you answer? And she said, this lady who's gone on a journey for five years, she goes, I would answer because I've been a pretty good person. And I said, no. <laughs> that's not, that's not the issue. In fact, I think... I think for so many of us, in American Christianity, we think of Christianity as being spelled D-O, do. That Christianity is all about what I do. And if I can do enough good things, that I will earn my way into God's favor. That he will love me, that he'll have favor on me, and that he will allow me into heaven. The, the problem with D-O of do is how good is good enough? How many, how many things do I need to do right in order to get in? And what's the threshold? And what if I just miss out? And, and there's always uncertainty. There's always, did I do enough good? Like, and, and I want you to know Christianity, true biblical Christianity, is not spelled D-O. True biblical Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E, done. And it's actually not about me. True Christianity is not about me. It's about our loving Heavenly Father who loved us so much and solved the predicament that we were in because of our sin, our rebellion against God, our thinking that we know better of how to do it. Saw the predicament because of our jealousy and selfishness and pride and greed and all the ways that we sin against Him. He saw the predicament. He saw that we were screwed, that we're, we're busted, we're in Barney Rubble trouble. And there's no way out. There's no way that we could do enough good things to get out of the mess. And so what does God do? He sends his one and only son, Jesus, who came to this earth, who was brutally and horrifically tortured, executed in one of the most painful ways that you could be executed. And he did all this, taking upon himself the punishment that we deserve. And as he was dying, the last words that he says is, it is finished, or it is paid in full, or you could translate it, it is done. 
I accomplished it. I did it. And he was buried in a grave, and on the third day, he was resurrected from the grave, proving his authority and his power, and that authority and power to resurrect our lives. And so Christianity is not D-O, it's not doing. Christianity is D-O-N-E. And this is what Jesus is trying to get. Like, doing good things, you'll never earn the favor of God, the acceptance of God by doing enough good things. Because how good is good enough? It's about what Jesus has already done. And we cling to that. And we cling to that. And so heaven is not, doing good things is not a ticket to heaven. Doing good things is a response of you already did it. You already did it. It's already done. It's already done. And so now the good things that I do, I do them out of appreciation. If my motivation is right. Because motivation matters, right? I do it out of appreciation. I do it out of all. I'm so blown away by your grace. I'm so blown away that you haven't judged me the way that I deserve to be judged. Your love and your compassion for me. And so now, as I do, it's not about trying to do to get to heaven. That's already done. I'm doing out of appreciation for who he is and what he's done, right? Okay, so, so then Jesus gives us Three examples in the rest of Matthew chapter 6 that I think are so important. He, he talks about three things that are right and beautiful and beneficial, and we should do these things, but he talks about how motivation matters in each of these areas. And don't worry, we're going we're gonna to go through these pretty quickly. The three examples that he gives, let's look at the first one, giving. Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 2 through 4, Jesus says, when you give to someone in need... Don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. Jesus was so fed up with the religious system. He was so fed up with the pride and the arrogance of the religious system. He says, but, verse 3, when you give to someone in need, Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. I love what John Stott says. He says, Christian giving is to be marked by self-sacrifice and self-forgetfulness, not by self-congratulation. And I think sometimes, and none of you, you would never do this. Nobody in this room would ever do this. But I think sometimes there's this temptation when it comes to giving There's this temptation just to go, I'm giving. I just just want you to know I I have given. Like, like, did you see me put that in the giving box in the lobby? Maybe I'll take it back out and do it again so that you see I have given. I gave. Just want you to know I'm generous and I gave. Did you all get that? Because I'm a generous giver who gives generously. Right? And like, That's Jesus saying, no, it is right, it is beneficial, it is good, it is good for you, and it is good for the people around you to be generous. But your motivation matters. And if you're doing it for the approval of other people, you've already lost the reward. He gives a second example. He goes on in verse 5, he says, when you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. 
I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Now next week we're going to continue into the Lord's Prayer that he gives in our back-to-school blessing. We're going to talk about how that's a model of how we can pray. And it's, it's just, I really hope you come back for that next week. But I don't want you to miss what he's saying in this portion that we just read. Prayer is right. It is beautiful. It is beneficial. But our motivation matters. And if our prayer is just simply, Oh, Father! Is anybody listening? Anybody? Okay, I just want to make sure. Oh, Father, Lord God, thou hast blessed your servant, thou me, blessed Lord, Father in heaven, how great thou art. Right? Jesus says your motivation matters. And if the only time you ever pray is when other people are around, it's not working. But when you pray in private, your Father who is in heaven sees, and there's reward that's being accumulated, right? Now, with this one, I got, I got to give just real quickly a disclaimer here, because I think in American Christianity, if you, think about a road that you're driving down. We have them all over around here, but a road where there's like a ditch on both sides, I think, th- I think there's two ditches. I think one is the one that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 6, and it's the ditch of praying for show, praying so that people will see, right? But I think in American Christianity, there's a ditch on the other side where we never pray out loud or pray around other people. Our prayers are always private. In fact, I would contend that this is the, the, the ditch that most of us deal with more than anything. And I don't want what we just read in Matthew 6 to cause you to go, well, this is my ticket out of ever praying out loud for anybody else again. (laughs) I'm telling you, there will be moments this week where you're going to be around somebody who is losing it. You're in the break room at work, and you're just trying to eat your Cheetos and whatever you microwaved and trying to get out of there as quickly as you can, and someone just starts pouring out their heart. And you have a decision. You can say, well, that really stinks. Sorry about that. You know what? I'll be praying for you. So you can get out of there as quickly as you can because it's just awkward. Or you can say, you know what? I'm a follower of Jesus, and I believe that God answers our prayers, and he loves you, and he sees you. And can I pray for you right now? I'm not a professional prayer, so I'm probably going to mess it up a little bit. But I believe he's going to hear us. See, I, I, think, I don't want what Jesus said in Matthew 6 to cause us to go, oh, don't ever have to pray for anybody else again. Just make sure we're in that middle place where we're not going around like as a professional prayer for everybody so that they see how holy and righteous we are. Motivation matters, right? Motivation matters. Third example. Most of us don't even have to worry about this one. It has not been on our radar at all. Beginning with verse 16. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, 
comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Can we, can we just state the obvious? Over and over again, there's an expectation from Jesus that we're actually going to do these things. Do you notice his language uh, all the way back in verse 2? When you give. Verse 5, when you pray. Verse 6, but when you pray. Verse 16, when you fast. Verse 17, but when you fast. Like there's an expectation that we're going to do this stuff. I think most, most of us in this room go, fasting? You don't have to worry about me broadcasting that one. Jesus says when the bridegroom leaves, he's speaking of himself, he goes, when the bridegroom goes away, my disciples will fast. Now, fasting isn't dieting. Fasting, we don't do it to, to I mean, I guess you can do it, to, but that's not, that's not what we're talking about. Okay, we're not talking about intermittent fasting, that kind of stuff. That's good, do that if that's what your doctor tells you to do. This fasting is where I go without food for a spiritual reason of saying, God, I want you more. God, I'm looking for breakthrough in my life and my family. God, I, I want you. I want to know you more. I want you to open the eyes of my heart. God, I desire you more than I desire anything else. What, what Jesus' warning is, when we get to that place of fasting, there, there's, a, there's a temptation to want everybody to know it, right? <laughs> Ken, why do you look so tired? Because I'm fasting! I haven't eaten since midnight. It's like 11.15 already. I'm so hungry, but bless the Lord. I'm all about his kingdom, and that's why I'm fasting. Did you hear my stomach rumbling? If you did, it's because I'm fasting. I'm a faster. I'm pretty fast at fasting, right? Jesus says, no, your motivation matters. Listen, it's not just in the areas of giving and praying and fasting. It's in every right thing that God calls us to do. Our motivation matters. Are we motivated to do it for show so other people will pat us on the back? Or are we motivated out of just gratitude for who God is and what he's done? Would you stand to your feet this morning? What we are not saying is that you don't need to do any good stuff. <laughs> That's not the application of the sermon. Well, I guess I don't have to pray anymore. I don't have to give anymore. Certainly not going to do that fasting thing. That's not the application of today's sermon. The application of today's sermon is God has been so good and so generous to us. We should. It is good and right and beautiful and beneficial to do all of those things. But can I just tell you, as somebody who's been around the church for a while, there is such an easy temptation for us to move into a realm of doing good things with the wrong motivation. If you've been around the church long enough, you've seen it. Someone who was initially called by God and there was a calling and, and somehow over time it becomes about performance. It becomes about other stuff. I tell you, for everybody in this church, for us as a church, for me as a leader of this church, for all of our ministry leaders and board members, motivation matters. 
in this generation, and I'm talking about this young generation that is so incredible in their generosity, so gifted, they can sniff out when motivation is when we get it wrong. They can see it a mile away. They can see the fakeness and the hypocrisy, and they don't want to have anything to do with it. And if we're going to reach a generation that is so hurting and so looking for something that is real and authentic, our motivation, oh, it matters. And when we're motivated out of love for Christ, and we're motivated out of a humility that just keeps reminding us of our own personal brokenness. Listen, I don't want to ever get to a place where I forget how broken I am apart from Christ. People say, Ken, why do you talk about that stuff all the time? You're, you're now a Christian. You're now blessed and highly favored, Lord. Why do you talk about that you're broken and powerless and helpless and sin-stained and sin-covered? Listen, that's what I am apart from Christ. I keep reminding myself of that because if I ever lose focus, I'm in trouble. Motivation matters. So before I dismiss you, I just, want, I just want you to do this. We're just going to take a minute. And I want you just to, to close your eyes and bow your heads. And I only ask you to do that because I know for me, if I don't close my eyes, I'm seeing everybody who's moving around. I'm seeing every little thing around. And so for just, just one minute, I just want you to close your eyes and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Is, is there any area of your life where your motivations are not in alignment with what God would want for you. Maybe, maybe you've begun doing maybe good things, but you're doing them out of wrong motivation. We're just going to allow the Holy Spirit just to speak to us on an individual level all over this room for one minute, and then I'll pray, and then we'll dismiss. So God, I pray for myself. I pray for every person in this room. May we be people who do good. May we be people who let our light shine. May we be people who give and pray and fast. But we, may we be people who do it with the right motivation. May we be people who do these things out of a perspective of just awe and gratitude and thankfulness for who you are and what you've done for us. And this week, as we do good, may we remember that motivation matters. May we be led by your Holy Spirit. 
We welcome you, Spirit of God, to convict us in moments where we get out of alignment. That we would be faithful to you, a God who has been so faithful to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Hope you'll join us next week for a back-to-school blessing. Be praying for our shoe giveaway this week. Be praying for opportunities to share the gospel. God bless you.